0: This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Reach new career heights with University of Maryland's Robert H. Smith School of Business. Flexible MBA and MS options. GMAT and GRE not required. Learn more at go.umd.edu slash Smith School. University of Maryland Smith School of Business. Inspired, fearless, unstoppable. (laughs) you <laughs>
1: a healthy state of mind. It's an absolute pleasure to join you on this glorious Saturday afternoon. I'm Paul John Dykes and I'm delighted to bring into the fray once again Axom's most improved contributor. That's what you have <laughs> been called, Kevin McCluskey. You're, you're dialing in. You're, you're dialing in all the way from Budapest, am I right? From Budapest, that's right, yep. Yeah. Axon's yeah, um, Tony Ralston. I'll take that one. You, you are. Tony, Richter, Tony Ralston <laughs> of Axon. My surroundings have changed a wee bit today. Um, but, I mean, change is good. People fear it. It's good. It's a good thing. The reason that I'm sitting out here, I might go back into the wee studio at halftime, but there's a party going on through there, Kevin. Um, but it's soul music. There's a soul music party going on through there. It happens every Saturday morning in the studio. So if we have got an early kickoff, we've got to kind of like, I don't know, improvise. And here we are. We're out in the wee studio and, As you can see, it is a bar, but it's a dry bar. Um, However, I don't think there's going to be many dry bars or there's going to be plenty of bars drunk dry tonight, Kevin.
2: I would think so, yes. I can't imagine there'd be too many non-dry bars left in Glasgow, Central Scotland from the end of the night. And why not? Uh, No, you're spot on. Celebrating and partying for this one.
1: Oh, yeah. See the thing, right? Just before we came on, we were having a wee chat about uh, where we are just now and how this is going to be a really positive vibe. Probably no matter what happens on the park, because the hard work's been done. Although looking at that team lineup, uh, and I've put it in the chat there, Ange doesn't do sentimentality, does he? I mean, there's no starting berth for Beaton. Julien, who might be on his way out, isn't on the bench. Dembele, whose contract is up in a couple of weeks, isn't on the bench. This man just means business no matter who we're
2: playing and what the circumstances are, doesn't he? Aye, he does. He does indeed. And uh, do you know, That's refreshing though, isn't it? Because one of the big reasons that we probably lost the 10 was sentimentality over Scott Brown. Hmm. Uh, we kept him in the team for maybe as a, an integral part of the team for two years longer than he should have been. He should have been phased out. And Ange, is, he's, uh, he's just doing that straight away. And he's turned to Tom Roggage, who's his fellow Australian, the one guy you'd expect he'd maybe give her that extra season to. And he's just like, thanks very much, Tom. You've done your bit. On you go. And I, there's, there's no room for sentimentality with Ange. And that's that's why he's a success.
1: See the thing, right? I've I've probably been accused of it a few times on here about being over-sentimental about specific players. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned Scott Brown last season. I think Neil Lennon Um We probably suffered a wee bit from that with Neil Lennon as well. And in actual fact, that interview that Desmond gave, he spoke about the fact that, you know, at Celtic, they like to give people who have given us years of success some time. Um, So I think the sentimentality can, can mask the performance a fair bit. But uh, to be fair, when I looked at that lineup, it didn't surprise me about Ange. Um, and I'm going to run through the, the team line, obviously. But today is all about celebrating, looking at where we are right now, because I think that. Um, We've done a lot of looking back, and I'm sure that during the pre-season, Kevin, there'll be a lot of that nostalgia. Um, looking back on the season we've just had, the season that we came out of, that Ange, you know, inherited this team and this vibe and this culture, and the way that he's galvanised the side and, and turned us around. But today, it's all about actually enjoying this. Now, I'm going to ask you because um, I think we're all of a similar vintage. Kevin, okay. um, I don't want Stay. to like, uh, be disparaging <laughs> of you, but I think we're of, the of a similar vintage. And at no point, I've got to say this, at no point have I ever taken any success that Celtic have had for granted. Now, at the same time, I wouldn't have a go at some of the younger contributors to Axon who have only seen successful teams. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, yeah, last season was a disaster, regardless of your viewpoint or your point of reference. Um, however, I think that there's been a lot of learning in that. I don't think anyone will ever take a success for granted after last season, Kevin.
2: No, definitely not. Uh, thinking about that one, if you're in your early 20s, which neither of us are anymore, unfortunately, if you're in your early 20s... you that, that was a big spoiler there, Kev. Aye, sorry about that <laughs> to everyone. Aye. Uh, <laughs> That has me kicked off the show probably now. <laughs> no, we're, we're, we're the senior we're the senior
1: pros of senior the squad. Pros, exactly. Nah, you, need, you need a couple of old heads.
2: You need a couple of old heads, exactly. But if you're in your early 20s, you've just come off and you'll probably really get into football by the time you're maybe like nine, ten years old or whatever. So you've just had the last decade of your actual kind of prime football watching years, a Celtic one and everything. And you must take it for granted to a degree. That's, it's just how it is. That's... That's what happens, and it was the same probably for the other mob when they were winning their 10 in a row, or sorry, not 10 in a row, 9 in a row, and they were going for the 10, and uh, they just took it for granted, and then it becomes the done thing. For me, and you being of that older, slightly older vintage, you say, uh, I'm thinking I was like 15 by the time we started to become a, a fairly successful team again. Mm-hmm. Like my my younger years, Celtic were rubbish. We were finishing third and fourth or fifth in the league. Even we weren't yeah. winning anything. When we won the cup in ninety six against Airdrie, that was like that was unheard of. Kind of you know it was like it was a massive thing. And then we went in the the spell again. So never ever ever take it for granted that Celtic are going to win things. Uh, I I'm going to say that I kind of got put in my place a little bit, but, uh very kindly but Al Morrison after the, the game at Ibrox in the, the WhatsApp chat with Axon, because I'd said that we've put Rangers in their place after that. Mm-hmm. He's he's me, nope, we haven't. Or it's, a, it's that's like in a, an air of supremacy to think that we deserve to be number one. And while we might think we're always the biggest and the best team, we, we should never, ever take it for granted. And the only reason we'll stay there is if we never think that we are and we keep on wanting to progress and improve so I just, just don't take it for granted. Enjoy the moments, and they, aye, they're amazing when they come. They, they definitely are. I mean, that, that cup
1: final you're talking about, um, I've said it so many times on here, it was uh, both my and Kevin Graham's first season, uh, season ticket holders, the 94-95 right. campaign, yep. where we played our home games at Hampden then. It yep. so happened that every Scottish Cup game leading up to the semi-final was also at Hampden, which was a bizarre... Um, kind of run of, of games, you know, we played Meadowbank, Thistle, every game we played um, we played it at Hamden so it was it was a rubbish season overall, but mm-hmm. at the very end we played one final rubbish game against Deirdre, but we won it and if anybody ever asks me about my, my favourite Celtic games, my favourite Celtic memories, um, I sometimes get a wee bit envious and jealousy people who can roll out, yeah, you know, Love Street and when we beat Sport and Lisbon 5-0 mm-hmm. at Celtic Park and because, my, in fact, the top game for me is always that Edre game. We were absolutely rotten, right? When you see the team after the game with Mark McNally playing centre half with a white headband and Pat Bonner, basically, um, who had been freed but he was brought back for a season by Tommy for That's his right. experience. It was, it was a team of kind of young players, couple of new signings, and mm-hmm. we weren't great, but it was so important. And that that was the thing for me, the importance of that win uh, in the Scottish Cup for Tommy and for the team. And we were a whole club that was being rebuilt at that stage. We were only in Hamden in virtue of the fact that our stadium was being rebuilt. And I never, ever take it for granted. But I want to bring this up because um, I think last season there was a lot of... Negativity. There was a lot of perceived negativity, and there was obviously a lot of criticism flying about when, when you're talking about Celtic. Um, but over the piece and due to the experiences we probably had on this show, Kevin, I'm all about the positivity. So if anybody in the comment section is being a wee bit cheeky, I'm probably more inclined to pull them up on it, and uh, you know, uh, basically say we're winning the league here. I had to do it yesterday. I Had to do it the other day. Uh, let's focus on Celtic. Let's focus on the good. Um, And in doing so, I'm going to have to bring this guy up. And he doesn't want us to mention him, but I'm going to anyway. Um, He goes by the Twitter handle Tony8Ken. Now, he's been a big supporter of Axon for ages. And they love the fact that there's a community of people who are at this very moment in time in the comments section. And uh, Tony uh, had a spare for today. And he sent it to us. He sent the season ticket to us. And as a result of that, the big man, Lawrence, is at the game. And we don't take that kind of stuff for granted, Kevin, because it is that, for me, that's the Celtic state of mind that we we try and push and promote. And it's all about positivity. And there's so many of these guys out there, and girls, who contact us and DM us and tell us positive tales of their experience as Celtic fans or uh, within the Axom community. So I wanted to highlight that because these people are out there and it far outweighs the negativity. And I'm just hoping that we can draw a line under that, Kev, We're back on top with the league champions. Let's build on it and next season continue in this vein of positivity.
2: Aye, exactly. That's an amazing gesture. That'd be Tony uh, to to give his season book up like that or to to lend one out. It's fantastic. And uh, you're right. When you're doing these podcasts, you've got to kind of just focus on the positives with them because that's what we're here to do. We're here to tell you what's happened in the games and the ones that we're watching and we'll give an honest assessment which might not always be glowing but that's because we're talking about what we've seen in the park but overall i think we always try and find the positive and we always try and look to to turn a negative into a positive where it's possible um something i've never really said before about being on the 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 podcast is uh for me, not living in Scotland anymore, this is like a great way for me to actually stay in contact with everything that's going on and stay in mm-hmm. touch. I remember watching the quadruple-treble-winning cup final match against Hearts at home on the very laptop I'm watching it on just now. It was me, headphones on, screaming like a dafty at the laptop. My daughter had her pal round from next door and they had to go away because they were getting scared. I was getting so animated by it all. But then when the final whistle went, I was kind of on my own. Again, and it was just me and I had to watch that song to get a feeling of togetherness with it because mm-hmm. I, I couldn't go out and celebrate it with anyone really. So that's the kind of thing that I think is, is great about this podcast and about others as well that do it is that they do build communities. It's a place where we can kind of come. I'm lucky enough to get on the shows now and I can talk to people about the game, uh, which I can't do that much here. So it's just a fantastic way of bringing people together. And, and that's that's what you want to focus on and and drive home into next season and hopefully a two-in-a-row season. Yeah, you're right.
1: And and when you look at the Axon contributor base as well, it's wide and varied. So you're over in, in Budapest. We have um, Jared in Australia. We've got Alan Sheffield. We've got Brian Swindon. So we are kind of um, spread out all over the place, basically. And I think that anyone who goes to the games week in, week out, um, for me, I've got to be applauded, absolutely, because the level of commitment is unbelievable, particularly, you know, away days, European games, etc. cetera. Um, when we set up the, the stream, probably about two years ago, just about two years ago, um, we were covering the games. One of the main reasons for that was because we couldn't go to the games. That was one of the main reasons why we, we started up the live stream And I think that um, this season, getting back to the games, and I still have got my season ticket, but it's not getting used by myself anyway. Um, My big brother's got it today. Hopefully Celtic don't cancel me for that. But my big brother will be sitting in my seat today, Um, is to try and find a way, Kevin, of covering the games, but also being at the games. So next season, it may be a case of the matches being covered by those who geographically simply cannot get to the games. Um, or it might be that we try and set something up quite close to the ground. Now, I've got an idea that it might be in the back of the van. You know what I mean? Just like a wee Chesterfield, set it up, Wi-Fi, satellite style. And uh, away we go, then we go into the game. So one way or another, it might look a wee bit different next season, but we'll still, will be covering the games. Um, obviously, I think it was yesterday the renewals were up, yesterday or the day before. Um, so I'm looking forward to being the league champions and going in to next season with a whole new set of aims, objectives, ambitions. Um, but let's talk about the team today then, because we're talking about sentimentality. Some people might say, well, you're contradicting yourself, Paul, because you want to keep James Forrest. Well, we'll talk about Forrest, we'll talk about Beaton and, and Rogic mm-hmm. and some of the others who might be on their way and some who may be staying. The team lineup today Joe Hart and goals with Joe, uh, Tony Ralston. Uh, Greg Taylor, Cameron Carter-Vickers, and Carol Starfelt along the back. Picks itself, turning into a cliche saying that every week, but it does. Uh, There is scope for change in the midfield and there has been some change. So we've got McGregor, David Turnbull and your man Tommy Rogic making his final appearance in a Celtic jersey. I didn't think I would be saying that today. Um, And up top we have Jota, Kyogo and Maeda. Uh, Some might say that the top... Line picks itself. I don't know. I've seen a lot of comments coming in saying that Yakamakis for Kyogo because we do have that uh, competitive edge up top now. On the bench, we've got Bain. I want to speak about Bain. Beaton, Yakimakis, Abada, McCarthy, Edigucci, O'Reilly, Forrest, and Welsh. Very strong bench. A couple of points to make. I'm going to start on the bench. Um, during the week, I was you know writing my list, and it's not a wish list as such, but it's a list of uh, players that I think they're not contributing and they're going to be leaving. And on that list, all season, the names of Mir Beaton and Tommy Rogic have not been on it. Um, but I, I do have Scott Bain on it. However, listening to the interview yesterday by Ange Bostokoglu, coupled with the fact that he has been given a, a new deal fairly recently, Kevin, I think he's here to stay, per, at, at least for next season. Ange was talking about how, when he came into the club, guys like Scott Bain were invaluable to him.
2: Uh-huh. You know, yeah.
1: because of their experience. They put him in the same bracket as the likes of beats on.
2: Yeah, I mean, as a as a goalkeeper, you'd probably get rid of him because he's not got the quality to ever really challenge to be the number one keeper for Celtic. And we'd all like to see a higher quality or a younger goalkeeper with um, potential as your number two. I think someone that you'd think you'd come on and take the jersey for three, four, five seasons after Joe Hart goes, whenever that'll be. So, can of purely goalkeeping quality-wise, I don't think Bane's up to it. But Ange sees these guys in the training pitch every day, in the, the locker room. If Bane's the personality, and Ange is big on personalities, mm. then he might be worth keeping around. You know, I, I'd still say, well, you've got to remember we've still got cast as well. So if you get rid of him and his wages, you can still bring in another keeper
0: Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details.
2: Ben kind of gets demoted to being more third choice keeper, but if he's, um, he's not going to be in a big wage, I don't think. So he might just be that kind of personality that you just need to keep around the place. Someone that that gets boys up when they're having a a low day. So for for that reason, you trust Angie's judgment that he might just be worth keeping around. I think so. Um, so I'm, I'm having to score him off my list,
1: but on that list is Barkas. and I also yep. have Connor Hazard, and I also have Ross Duhan. Uh, we've got a discussion going actually on the comments yesterday, where uh, one of the the viewers was saying that we, we've got to keep Duhan. He's you know he's done really well since he's been out at Tranmere, and and by the way he has done well. But the way I kind of view it is he's 24 years of age. He's been at Celtic for nine years, Kevin. He's never played a game. A senior football for Celtic he's played over 100 games with a variety of clubs elsewhere his future lies elsewhere Conor Hazard was given uh, a brand new contract after his heroics on that very game that you spoke about uh, when we beat Hearts in, the, in penalties um, and he was given a contract you know, on, on the back of that and whether or not that was a knee-jerk reaction I'm so sure because I don't think he's got a future when you look at the age of him uh, I know he's a, North, a Northern Ireland internationalist um and I know also that we refer to Northern Ireland as the North of Ireland or the occupied six counties. <laughs> uh, but you know when the scores come up on the screen, that's where he gets his caps. So yeah. respect to everybody you over in Ireland.
2: UEFA is the North is as, as Northern Ireland. That's, yeah. that's how we'll say it. UEFA recognise him as that.
1: Yeah, but on a political kind of level, absolutely, yeah. the North of Ireland or even let's just call them Ireland, you Ireland. know. Um, everybody who's tuning in from Ireland, big shout-out. Uh, we've got some very, very good friends over there, and I know that Paddy Lavery is tuning in today, um, and Paddy is uh, very kind to the Axlom studio and sends us some nice little gifts from Ireland as well, and we don't forget that. Um, but I just think that, you know, that's maybe going to keep Bain there, because if you are get Midi three goalies from your six goalkeepers that we actually have on the books, you're probably going to keep Bain, Um all of the way, Yemi, He's the backup, but I think that we need to be forward planning um, in relation to who comes in next to push for the number one jersey because maybe in a year's time, Toby will be doing that, Kevin, but at this moment in time, I don't think he will be. He'll be learning loads from Joe Hart and, and also from from Bain. But when we run through the rest of the subs, Beaton, of course, um, if he gets on, and I'm sure, I oh, mean, he's not no overly sentimental, but he's going to give him a game.
2: He's, he's got going- to. He's got to, <laughs> I know we've said that Anne's doesn't do sentimentality, but oh, he'd be a really, really harsh man if he doesn't get beat on at least five, ten minutes at the end. Uh, again, he's one of those guys. Me and Kev spoke about him on Wednesday. He's one of those guys that will divide opinion amongst the fans, but he's done nine or ten years with us. Mm. He's, he's, he's done, what is it, the invincible treble, the double treble, treble treble, quadruple treble. He's been a, a member of all of that. He's had a few less than uh, <laughs> less than good moments, to trying to phrase up correctly, but you know what I mean? He's had a few moments that um, you'll remember him by that are not positive. But on the whole, he's been a fairly reliable player for us, and this season in particular. And it goes the same for Rockets. With it been the last year. It's fantastic that they're going out on a high, and it's been probably both of them's best seasons in the last two, three years. So... I'd love to see him come on. I'd love to see him get a good reaction from the fans. And I'll probably be in as many tears as Beaton is when he comes on, because I think he'll be an emotional guy. He'll be a wreck when he comes on today. Uh, I think is, so. As he, he was in his interviews.
1: So. Yeah. AJ, SC Tech, the Bain comment was interesting. I, I agree with that. In all workplaces, there are people with modest talent, but some people bring something special. It's not all bottleneck. absolutely agree with that. Um, another thing you said about uh your man near Beaton was the impact he's had on Leela Bada, and yep. you know, so there's a lot of stuff happening behind the scenes that you don't see. And if he's done the job of helping a settle in when you consider oh. the season that a had, um, and he goes on to greater things, I think there's a wee, uh, you know, a wee bit of gratitude uh, required for near Beaton and doing course. that. And he, he's probably it, done it without thinking, Kevin, yeah,
2: and it isn't that all down to Angie as well, though, in a sense, because. We look at things as fans and, you know, we, we'll be more sentimental and we'll say, oh, you keep Rogic and you keep on and you'll have them and then they'll retire. But then the legacy kind of wanes a little bit. And just cutting them, cutting them loose when the legacy is going to be high. And he's doing the same with other players. He's keeping them around the squad and he's bringing them into the squad because it's it's not just the football reasons why they're around. And we, we only look at it generally from one angle, but i seen it from everything. Mm -hmm. and you're spot on you know Beton's role probably in in helping Abada assimilate into Scotland is immeasurable and that's been his biggest contribution to this season never mind what he's done in the pitch that could be his biggest contribution and then Abada sits around for the next two or three years and becomes a a, right, mainstay in the first team
1: Abada's got that in him Kevin I think you've seen it and I hate Because I've been saying for for months now, actually, I want this team to stay together. I want Ange and his team to build something. And I think they've got the potential to build something special. I think the team that we've enjoyed this season is nowhere near the level Ange wants it to be at either, which, you know, that should be frightening for the opposition. But there will be occasions where some people um, leave the club who you don't want to leave the club. And I'm talking for big money and I I do get the impression that Abada is one of the guys who have they've got that potential Kevin to follow in the footsteps of all these big money departures that we've had over the last 10 years or so
2: You wouldn't be surprised at all Abada is definitely a boy that falls into that category I keep on forgetting he's 20 or 21 years old and he's got over 20 goal contributions this season for someone that hasn't played every game for someone that's had to fill in as an auxiliary striker and playing out the position when we had him to, he's been he's been phenomenal this season, and he will only get better because he's young enough that he's going to improve. And as the rest of the team improves, he'll improve with them. he he's one of the guys. We get him in a four-year contract, and you don't like to say it. And I, I got this one wrong before, so I'll correct myself beforehand. He'll go to a richer club than Celtic, mm-hmm. and we'll get fifteen to twenty million for him. And you're yeah. gonna you're gonna what's that? three, four times what you paid for him. We can't have no. that money back and we'll reinvest it in the next player.
1: Absolutely, because he's scouring the markets. I remember Kevin Graham and I, a few pre-seasons ago, we did a, a show and it was, on, it was on video, one of our first video shows that we did actually. It wasn't live stream, but it's on the channel, so check it out on YouTube. And while you're on the channel, subscribe to YouTube. It's all free. Um, and hit the notification bell as well. And I, I said to him, I said, you know, I think we've got a £10 million player in Ayer. And at the time, Kevin, there was this real gasp. It was almost as if, are you kidding me, mate? You know, but you can just sometimes see the potential in a player. And, of course, he, he went on to, I think, become a £12 million, £14 million yeah, pound
2: player. Yeah, uh,
1: <laughs> Yeah, and uh, again, I, I still think that he has got development in him. I think Ayer's got development in him. But you sometimes see that potential in players. I can see it in a badder. Uh, I'd much rather see the best of them here. But when they hit that kind of level and if we are competing in the Champions League, what does that look like? That's another discussion. Then it's difficult to hold on to them sometimes. There's a few other names on there. I mean, you're talking about character. I find it interesting that James McCarthy's still in and about the, the team. and um, Because there's always been this discussion around whether or not he looks like an Anne signing or he was an Anne signing. But one thing I would go back to is uh, the, the point that Joe Hart made. That, you know... Joe Hart had been on Celtic's radar since last season. You know, he was on the shortlist when we signed Barkas. Um, and it didn't happen back then. But he's been presented to Ange Postacoglu, not identified by Ange Postacoglu. And the final decision was made by Anne. So what he's done is he's obviously engaged with him. He's spoken to him. And he's decided that Joe Hart has got all these other characteristics that you've mentioned already, Kevin, that will suit Angie's team, that will suit Lennox Town, that will suit the dressing room. And I find it interesting that McCarthy's there or thereabouts because he must also fall into the same category. I don't think for a minute that Ange Poster Coglu, when he was over in Japan, had a file on James McCarthy. I don't think that for a second, right? But the player's been presented to him, Kevin. He's obviously gone through the same process that Joe Hart has um, described to us. He's spoken to James McCarthy and he's got the correct response from James McCarthy. And then you look at the situation that we had with Paddy Roberts, you know, that was the name that kept coming up every time there was a transfer window. Would Paddy Roberts, as a player, have done well for Celtic this season? In all probability, in an attacking sense, yeah. But there was something missing when Ann spoke to him. Mm-hmm. Who knows what that is? But there was something missing when Ann spoke to him, and he just so it's not on ability, it's on on the player, it's on the actual character of the player. And it go, it takes me back to that Robbie Savage story when Keane tried to sign Robbie Savage, remember, and he got the voicemail, and he thought, yeah. right, I'm out, I'm out. I'm not oh, signing no, no, no. him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if that's his patter, I'm out. And I think that uh, you're right, it's as important that the character's right and that the person's right um, than the talent that that person possesses. Because we've had players, we've still got a couple kicking about the squad, who have got an undoubted talent, but they're not contributing, Kevin. I love that approach from Ange.
2: Yeah, and I think... Excuse me. I think I think that must be a big thing with McCarthy, because there's there's absolutely no way that Ange was scouting him to bring him to Japan. So he's not been someone that he's been that's been on Ange's radar for the last couple of seasons. He's someone that was definitely presented to him. And uh, it's funny that you should talk about McCarthy today because just yesterday I watched one of the the videos in the Celtic YouTube channel when they're doing some keep your challenge, and Jota's has asked who the funniest member of the squad is, and he says it's James McCarthy. He's Do one I of those like, guys. Yeah, yeah. He says he's one of those guys that it doesn't try to be funny or doesn't think he's funny. He's just unintentionally funny. So that's maybe one of the things that Andy's seen. Like he knows or he knew at the time he needed bodies in, in the squad, and he needed someone in midfield. He sat down and talked to McCarthy, and he went right. You're a half decent player. You would fit into the system. You've got a great personality, and you come. And... I think maybe the the four-year contract was a bit excessive Mm. for McCarthy. That's maybe the only thing. But again, you just never know. Guys like that in the background, maybe maybe his long-term ambition is to move into coaching and there's a progression for him there and he can actually pass on more experience to to the younger boys that are coming through. But yeah, definitely when you look at um, Andy's signings, he's obviously looking at ability, but he's always looking at the man and the personality behind it as well. And that'll be why Roberts wasn't signed because he just didn't have what it takes. He maybe just didn't have the, the mental strength to to cope with what Andrews was going to expect from him.
1: Yeah, absolutely, by the way. And, and you know, we're almost at 1,000 episodes, Kevin. Um And one of the greatest things that's happened since we went... Onto the video is uh, the
2: amount of flack you get about appearance. So thanks very much. John. Uh, I haven't. Well, I'm glad it's all directed at you because my <laughs> I'll- I'm-, I'm like Tony. I look like um, a man dragged through a hedge backwards, as he said yesterday. So. Did he say a hedge dragged through a man backwards? <laughs> Something <Yeah>. like that. <laughs> But just for
1: your info, I've never brushed my hair in about 20 years, mate. Does it not show? <laughs> I think it probably does. Uh, but all joking aside, I love the, the bit of crack and the bit of the, the pattern on the comments. So keep it coming in yeah, I mean, and a um, you got. Need to brush keep it positive. Absolutely. I mean, listen, I, I said the other day as well, Kevin, we're just uh, approaching kickoff. This is the 22nd league title, the league win in my lifetime. And it definitely, for me, feels like it is the one that seemed the least likely to happen. I mean, yeah. I, I wouldn't call Celtic an underdog, certainly not domestically, right, because we're not we're not an underdog. But um, I just felt that if you look through the, the the kind of history books, when that pendulum swings the other way, it tends to stay there for two or three seasons. Yeah, You know, the singular uh, league win coming back, that doesn't tend to happen. You get that momentum. You you re you know, you reinvest uh, the, the money that you've made in your successful season. Uh so I just think that, you know, it was very, very unlikely. But now that it's happened, I want more.
2: Exactly. I, I, I want bigger and better next year. What's your expectations next season? I I was gonna say I think I think the last one season title win would have been Jansen's. Mm. And then we lost it and they had a wee bit of dominance again. And then ever since it was going three, four years one way or the other until the nine. Uh, For next season, I mean, like start of this season, we didn't expect anything. Next season, I'm wanting the title again. And I'm thinking that with guaranteed Champions League money and his record in the transfer market, we'll come back a stronger team next season. And we're going to have the longer pre-season, which you, you can't underestimate either. Players will come back fitter, stronger, hopefully new additions. And sitting here just now on the 14th of May, I'm excited for the start of next season. Well,
1: one final point before we get to the action here, right? Let's be honest, it was amazing to have a competitive league again. What I would say to that one, Celtic Warrior Poet, is it's the first time there's been a league challenge in 11 years. Because yeah. we never challenged Rangers last season, and nobody challenged us through the nine, not really. I mean, I, I was looking at the, the points difference. That on one occasion during the nine in a row, Kevin, we won the league by 30 points. Yeah. You know, and on average, over the the piece, if you take this season away, over the last ten seasons, the average um, deficit's been eighteen points. So that for me, this was the first time there was a challenge, and it can only benefit both teams who are part of that challenge.
2: Aye, of course, it's what you want. Now, obviously, at the end of the season, you want Celtic to win the league, but you do want there to be a challenge. It means more when there's a challenge. If you win the the league, right, some of it during the nine in, the, in a row got a bit stale because the challenge just wasn't really coming. You'd have Motherwell finishing second, Aberdeen finishing second, but the main fight was actually the battle for second place because we had the league won weeks and months in advance. It's great to have a challenge and it makes the title win even more sweeter when you come out on top at the end of it.
1: It does. Now, I think everybody is settling in to watch the game. Kevin McCluskey. You are dialing in from Budapest and it's always a pleasure to see you. And it's a pleasure to see everybody in the the comment section as well. Thanks everybody for joining us. If you're on YouTube, make sure you subscribe. There's a tremendous session coming tonight, Michael Head and the Red Elastic Band, an exclusive session that we recorded down in Liverpool last night. We um, premiered our behind the scenes at the Barras video as well. So there's loads of Loads of football, culture and music to get checked out on that channel. So please subscribe. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. And thank you to Kevin McCloskey for joining us once again on a Celtic State of Mind.